Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. There you go. Good morning. It is good to see all of you out this morning, and we are glad that you're here with us. Our uh, lesson for today is a unique lesson because I don't know that I've ever heard a lesson like it. I, I think I might have, maybe somewhere in my younger years. I have a feeling that this is a, the type of lesson that Marion West would have probably have done at some point. But it's just one that we don't hear very much. And so, Miss Nancy, I know, has said over the last couple of weeks that, that some of the lessons that we've had have eased away the cobwebs in our minds. And so this may be one of those that eases away some cobwebs. We've been talking about overcoming life's challenges and and this is probably one of the greatest challenges that we as Christians face and how to deal with it and things of that nature. Overcoming illness and adversity. Overcoming illness and adversity. This lesson is not devoted to home remedies and medications that might help with certain illnesses and, and cures and things of that nature. We're not talking about illnesses such as the common cold and the things that, that, that will ail us for maybe a couple of days or maybe a week and, and go away. But these illnesses that we're talking about today are the, the kind of illnesses that are ongoing. The, the kind of illnesses that are at times life-threatening. Maybe not immediately life-threatening, but, but something that, that threatens what we would perceive to be our future. Illnesses such as cancer and heart disease, debilitating de diseases that uh, affect the functioning of the body, diseases that cause a great deal of, of uncertainty in regard to how and when one will die. And sometimes that uncertainty is probably the, the worst thing that, that we can deal with. We as, as people, as human beings, we want to know what is ahead. We want to know what we're getting into and not knowing sometimes is the hardest to deal with. Though there may not be cures for such diseases. Christians can overcome the temptation to turn away from God. Now there's a, a reason that, that as far as this series that I'm using the word overcoming. Because even though in this life, as we face different challenges, we may not fully overcome them in this life. And illness, disease, this kind of thing, it, it may be something that cannot be physically overcome. But as Christians, we can overcome what we're facing. We can overcome if we remain faithful to the end. We know that something better awaits us in this life than, than anything that we could imagine here on earth. And we as Christians can overcome temptation. We can overcome the temptation to turn away from God and we can be victorious in the end. Even though we may not find victory in this life, we can still be victorious. Christians can make 
the choice in all things to remain faithful despite the physical diseases that threaten the physical body. For those of us who have not been affected personally as far as, as our own bodies are concerned by such diseases, I think every one of us has a family member, a friend, a loved one that has been affected by some great illness. Maybe an illness that, that, that led to their passing from this life. I often speak of my grandfather. And some of you knew my grandfather. And he was one of the greatest influences in my life. As a matter of fact, I don't know what my life would have turned out if I, like if I didn't have him in, in my beginning years. Because he was so much a support for me. And so much of an example. And we, we did all kinds of things together. And especially in regard to church. I remember just me and him going to a meeting or two. And going to the, the Friday night singings. He was such a great example. And he was faced with, with cancer. And he passed away from that cancer. At what I would think was, was an early age. All of us have been affected in some way. I do believe that. And so this lesson, it's not just, just about how to deal with disease and illness on a personal level, but also how to deal with it in regard to other people, in regard to those families, friends, loved ones that, that we see that are faced with these diseases. Some find relief. Some search for relief. Those with cancer hope to be in remission. Some medications help to at least alleviate the symptoms of certain illnesses. But for those of us on the sidelines, it's okay for us to pray for them. Sometimes we may not know what else we can do but prayer, prayer is very important. So our lesson objectives for this morning are first of all to learn how to spiritually handle and endure illness and adversity. And secondly, to learn what God expects from His servants while facing these illnesses. You know, there are some people that can face illnesses in such a way that you look at them and you can't help but see their faithfulness to God. We want to learn how we can overcome illness and adversity as faithful servants. Maybe learning from those examples of those before us. I wanted to begin today with misquoted passages. There are a couple of verses that, that are often applied to illness, and there's nothing wrong with that, but, but often they're taken out of context to mean something that they do not. And, and I don't mean to make these depressing verses. They're not. But 
I do believe that as Christians we have a duty to rightly divide the word. And even in the face of, of illness and things of that nature, we still have a duty as Christians to make sure that, especially as we try to comfort people, that we don't provide them with a false hope. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and, and verse 15, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So as we look to provide comfort for those that, that are facing adversity of, of different kinds, let's make sure that, that we use verses that actually apply in the right way. This applies to all Christians at all times. One of those verses that often gets misquoted is 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. The passage reads, and actually beginning with verse 12, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now the verse itself is written in reference to the faithfulness of men and women in the Old Testament. And we go back to verse 6 and we read this. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 6. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as, the, as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted. And were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained. And were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition. Upon whom the ends of the ages have come. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 tells us that we can overcome our temptations. And we do not have to give in to Satan. And certainly that is true. We can overcome our temptations. It's important for us to understand that we can overcome our temptations. But this verse is also most often taken out of context. And in reference to illness, it is, is said to be saying that an illness may not be as serious or that when things get difficult that God will provide complete healing for His servants. When we use it, when it's out of context, we are not rightly dividing the word. And it often kind of presents this, this idea 
that no matter what you're facing, that God will, will somehow make a way for, for you to physically overcome whatever you're facing. But that's not always the case. And truth be told, some Christians do succumb to their illnesses. I mentioned my grandfather. His illness was, was too great for his body to handle. And he did pass away. So when we use this verse, I hope that we're not using it in such a way as to say that, that, that well, you'll, you'll, you'll get over this because that may not be exactly the case. But there is still great comfort in this verse. You see, the promise of 1 Corinthians 10.13 in regard to illness and adversity is that we can overcome the temptation that illness might cause and remain faithful to God. That God will not place upon us a burden that is too difficult, spiritually speaking. Maybe physically speaking, but not spiritually speaking. He does not place upon us a burden that He is not willing and able to help us carry. The physical life may not endure. We look for life beyond this earthly, physical existence. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, Jesus reminds us, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And in John 4 and verses 13 and 14, in speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Though this life on earth will end, for all of us it will end at some point. But we don't look to anything in this world to last. Everything in this world will decay, it will rot away, even our physical bodies. Now in regard to illness, though we pray, God may not take away the ailments of our physical body. Nor is He promised to. But we can endure. We can endure spiritually. Resisting the temptation to give up on God and the service that He has called us to. We can remain faithful through it all. And that's the promise of 1 Corinthians 10, 13. That God is going to be with us. That He will not allow us to be tempted above what we are able to overcome temptation-wise. It's important that, that we keep that in mind whenever we use this verse. Uh, another verse that is often taken out of context is Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I saw on 
on Facebook, I believe it was. There was a, a meme, I think is what you call them, but a picture of a man and he's trying to open a pickle jar. And he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And his wife hollers, that's just a pickle jar. Don't take it out of context. Jesus may not help you to, to open a pickle jar, okay? You're not going to have the strength necessarily. You may have to have some kind of tool to help you open it. But to say that, that if we quote this verse, that we'll have strength to do whatever, physically speaking, it's taking it out of context. Spiritually speaking is what we're talking about. It is not spoken in specific reference to enduring or overcoming illness and adversity. But God will give us the spiritual strength to overcome whatever we may be facing. While trusting in Him, He will provide us with strength for the journey. And ultimately, we again hope to gain His eternal reward. So it's important that as we, we try to provide comfort that we, not, we don't twist the scriptures to mean or say something that they do not mean. We have a duty to rightly divide the word of God and, and it doesn't uh, make it any less of a problem because we're, we're trying to provide that comfort in, in time of, of great difficulty. But make sure that if we, if we use these verses to provide comfort that we use them in the right way and that we understand them in the right way for the spiritual meaning that they, they have rather than the physical strength that people often think they provide. But really getting down into our lesson today, I, I want us to, to look at what the Christian can do. When we look at these illnesses, when we look at adversity and, and how we are to overcome them, how can we do that? What can a Christian do to overcome the illnesses that we often see? I'm going to give you several reasons. Number one, pray. Pray. Whenever you face some kind of difficulty in life, something that you cannot overcome on your own, pray about it. And sometimes we forget even um, when we handle business of the church and, and when we, we talk to, to friends and family members, sometimes we forget how much prayer can mean to us in a difficult situation. Prayer is a wonderful avenue that is provided to Christians, a way that we can talk to God. He talks to us through His Word and we can talk to Him in prayer. But so often we fail to use prayer in the way that we should. 1 Peter chapter 5 beginning with verse 6. 1 Peter 5 verse 6. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time casting all your care upon Him for He cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. 
But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Truth. Sometimes even faithful Christians suffer. But God can use these sufferings to our advantage. He can use them to teach us lessons and to provide us with strength for what is ahead. In the midst of our suffering, God does care for us as we read in in verse 7. Christians are blessed with an avenue of prayer to to carry our burdens to God. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. They are. Burdens are lifted because Christ died for us. And He stands as a mediator between us and God. And we also know from verse 7 that God wants us to cast our cares upon Him. There's another song, Does Jesus Care? that we sing often, and the answer to that is yes. God cares for you. Even in the midst of your suffering, never forget that God cares for you. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. True peace. True peace is of God. Now there are many people that seek peace in this world. You may try to shut yourself in in a room by yourself that's completely quiet and you try to find peace. But let me tell you, the only way that you can truly find peace is with God. He does not want us to be anxious over what we may be facing, but instead to put our faith and trust always in Him. Putting our faith in Him begins by by sharing our burdens with Him, by taking our problems to Him in prayer. And we are reminded that even in times of adversity, we have much to be thankful for. And those things should be carried to God as well. Verse 6. Who are we to pray for? As Christians, who are we to pray for? We pray for those facing illness. And those facing illness is that they are to pray for themselves too. Again, casting their cares on the shoulders of God. Those of us facing their illness with them, we should pray for them also. We should pray for the strength and support of those that are providing care. Doctors, nurses, hospice workers. And sometimes we forget about spouses that are enduring these illnesses with their loved one. Pray for them. And pray for the family. Prayer can go a long, long way, but only if we use it. It's prayer. 
is very important in dealing with various illnesses. Support. Support. When we see a brother or sister that is in need in any way, we support them any way that we can. Sometimes we take food. Sometimes we, we provide for some other need. And we are to do that. One thing that we realize from Scripture is the church, that the church is one body. It's made up of many members, but it is one body. And we are to, to act together as one body. Members of this one body need to support one another in times of difficulty and need. And we often compare it to the physical body. And I can't help but, but think of, of how the church is compared to the physical body. But what happens whenever you fall and, and you hurt your arm? Maybe you hurt it so bad that you don't want to move it. What do you do? You support it with the other arm. Or if you fall and hurt your knee, uh, especially you see it with children, what do they do? The first thing they do, they sit down and they grab their knee. The other members of the, well, that one body, they support it, don't they? And in the same way, we are members of one church. And we are to support one another. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 24 through 26. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. When one of us suffers, we all suffer. When one of us rejoices, we all rejoice. When one experiences physical healing, we all rejoice with them. And even if not, we are right there with them. Helping, supporting, and loving to the end. Support is also very important. What else can Christians do? Do not worry over the cares of this earthly life. That's hard to say. When someone is, is facing illness, it's hard to, to go up to them and say, don't worry about it. Because what are they doing? They're worrying about it. But as Christians, there, there's a, a, a certain peace. There's a certain uh, peace in knowing that God is there, that God is caring for us. And that we don't have to worry about, about what's going to happen in this life. Again, the uncertainty of the future is probably the hardest to deal with. But don't let that worry consume you to the point that you forget about God's care. Know that God is with you and will care for you in these difficult times. Matthew 6 and verse 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Take one day at a time. And trust in God. Though we may not know what tomorrow will bring us, fame and fortune, humility and poverty, health or no, 
God knows. And we are in His hands regardless of our physical state. Though it may be hard for us to see it, God's love is always with us. Even in time of adversity. Refuse to be defined by your illness. In 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 and 18. 2 Corinthians 4, and beginning with verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We are looking for a greater reward than anything in this life could ever offer. We have to remember that all of us are perishing. All of us are perishing, physically speaking. The words of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come. And the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. And this is, is speaking of the, the aging process. We're all in a state of decay. Even from birth, we are going toward that, that ending. And maybe the difficult days come before we expect them to. But remember now you're created. In the days of your youth. Before the difficult days come. Remembering God while it is easy. Or remember God while it is easy so that you'll remember Him and His presence when life becomes difficult. There is nothing we can do to stop our, our physical bodies from aging. We're all in a state of decay. But even so, even in whatever difficulties we may be facing, remember God. Remember how He has blessed you. Remember that He'll bless you going forward. Let your illness teach you. Let your illness teach you and let it teach others. James 1, verses 2 through 4. James 1 and beginning with verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete. Lacking nothing. Romans 5 and beginning with verse 3. But we also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance character. And character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. As you are facing difficulty, 
your brothers and sisters are facing difficulty with you. You're not alone. You're not alone. And as your brothers and sisters are facing these difficulties with you, they too are learning. They are learning from your patience and strength. I had a good friend and he attended the Friday night singings often. Thought very, very highly of him. He was also a pilot. And I don't think he was maybe in his 50s at that maybe early 50s. He wasn't that old by any means. But he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And so he had to, to stop flying and he fought. There were times when, when he would come to the singings and, and he had a, a big long stick. I think he had found it out in his yard maybe. But that was what he would lean on. It was this kind of a, a staff. And before it got too, too bad, I think someone had asked him if he would preach a sermon. Had never preached a sermon in his life. <coughs> but he did. And he got up and he preached a sermon on patience and perseverance. I wasn't there personally, but, but I... I was given a, a CD and a DVD of it. And it was one of the most moving sermons I've ever heard. And, and not too long after that, he offered uh, one devotional invitation. And it was on the song, It Is Well With My Soul. Before he passed away, he could say, It is well with my soul. And that taught me a great deal. So in dealing with illness, you can deal with it in such a way that teaches others how to deal with difficulties. And we as Christians should see those lessons and use them to learn how to face the difficulties in our own lives. As we face adversity, God may not grant our desire for the suffering to end, at least not in this life. And that's hard for us. It's hard to, to pray for healing and, and yet it doesn't come. But God knows how to best answer our prayers, not to, to only our benefit, but also to the benefit of others. Now, Jesus prayed in Luke 22, verses 41 through 43. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. God did not take the suffering of Jesus away. Because he knew that Jesus needed to die on the cross. He knew that was the only way that his people could find salvation. And so he offered his son as a sacrifice for us. For God so loved the world. 
But something that we also find here in this passage is that an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. God provided strength for Jesus' suffering. No, he didn't take the suffering away, but he provided strength for him. And we read of, of Paul's thorn in the flesh, and who's to say what that actually was? But in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7-10, through 10, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this things, I pleaded with the Lord, not once, not twice, but three times, that it might depart from me. And He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in, in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It is hard for the Christian to rejoice in the midst of adversity. There is no doubt about it. But rejoicing in his affliction, Paul learned of the strength of the Lord. No, God may not take away your suffering, and I can't, can't say that He would. But God can use that suffering so that you can learn His strength, so that you can learn to lean on Him, and so that you can be a faithful child of God. Are you a Christian? Are you a child of God? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you been baptized for the remission of your sins? Have you remained faithful? If you need to come, if there is some way that, that we can help you today, then we offer you the opportunity to respond to the Lord's invitation. As together we stand and sing.